0: This episode is part two of the basics of Hasidus with Rabbi Pezner. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend going back to listen. In case you did not receive my newsletter weeks ago where I mentioned the frequency of my content, I would just like to add about this new season that since I'm studying full-time in yeshiva, or at least trying to, I will not be having an episode every week. With newsletters, I've been doing my best to do every other week, but with podcasts, I cannot predict the frequency at the moment. However, I'm in the works of getting consistent clips from previous episodes, although I'm experiencing this too, it takes up some time. Thank you for your patience as i studying in Yeshiva to grow in my Yiddish guide is primary importance at this point in my life. If you enjoyed this episode, please review a review about the show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head it over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram at King underscore Solomon 8, Facebook Solomon Ezra Berezin to learn more and head over to YouTube at Solomon Berezin. <clears throat> Make sure to do something actionable with your learnings and be sure to let us know via message or on social media. Now on to part two of the show with Rabbi Herzl Pesner. And as we say today, back from episode one, may you be inscribed and sealed for a good year in the study of Chassidus and then living Chassidus. And also since Hanukkah was just this past week, may you take all the light and what we learned from Hanukkah into the whole year we're back so <clears throat> it it really seems like, I love how you were pointing that out you know about av- avodas Hashem and ah hashem, and really it's, it seems like we're we're starting with when the Yehida is like at the identity, like your deepest part of your soul, the part that is one with Hashem with God, the pintalyya that we've been talking about it seems like the other parts that we're talking about the, like we said, Hashem, all of that, when, when somebody taps really into and has in mind, you know, I want to live from my truest identity. These are the ways that it, it expresses itself. So it says that when you're living like from your identity, from your Yechida, it's like, you have a recognition of ach that everything is unified every that Every person, every fellow Jew that I see is, I'm one with, um, or even with any other creation. Yeah. A little bit towards the uh, c- conclusion, like you mentioned them different parts and a, and a nice overview of the book. Perhaps we can talk a little bit about, you know, what's the goal of Hasidus and Dira B'dachtonim and how you, the Yahida that we've been touching on relates to Mashiach. And what really does you know, like we were talking about definitions and defining things uh, by Torah definition, also what is Mashiach? Because a lot of the world, at least growing up, we have a different understanding of what it, what it as a period of time uh, means, as well as the person.
1: Okay, so so let's just. Let's, let's just say this. this world this world has a lot of um, of of confusion because it's so di- I guess the world has a lot of confusion because the world is so diverse. A big part of the diversity of the world is what makes up for the uh, the uh, strife and conflict that is both external and internal as well. We're always struggling to juggle, both in personal life, good, in, so- in society, good, work versus home. There's always going to be a, 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 a juggle where we find ourselves kind of torn between different places, good. There's the struggle of the body and the soul. And that's a very, very similar struggle, right? but what happens is that almost everything can be summarized is that there is division and the division makes it very difficult right? and sometimes impossible for us to properly find unity, properly find uh, cohesive serenity right and so on and so forth because there's simply so much division what is mashiach right? so chapter six of the book goes to look into the personality of mashiach and why is it that the time of mashiach is really focused on this um uh so much about the leader this th- th- this uh this the protagonist who's going to lead the Jewish people into this era of perfection. One could easily wonder that the role of Mashiach may be a little bit more overemphasized than it need be. It's known as the days of Mashiach, Yimoysa Mashiach, Right? Why is it so much the leader? Who is he? Right? That makes all this difference. But ultimately, the Kabbalistic definition of Mashiach, which we arrive at, Mashiach is the Yechideh. And what the world is exactly lacking is unity. What Mashiach is going to do is Mashiach is going to bring all parts of existence together. Bring together. It's uncovering its unified voice, and doing so, he he'll be accomplishing what we call in the book the Yechida effect where all of, world, all of the world will fall into place, where things will be whole again. Things will be right again. Mashiach will be a time of peace because we're going to be at peace with ourselves and we're going to be at peace with society. Mm-hmm. I started in chapter two, start talking about the purpose of Sinai, the purpose of the Torah being given. And Maimonides' words, the Rambam, who says that the entire Torah is only given to bring peace to the world. The Torah is the world's peacemaker.
0: Its ways are pleasant and peaceful, like Shlomo.
1: Exactly. So it's about Shalom, it's about peace. How? So if anybody is looking for inner peace, right, where, where do you find that answer? Where, where do you find inner peace? Where do you find cohesiveness? So this is the mission of the Torah, and this is the, um, this is the success, right? Of the Torah's mission as culminated by Mashiach to mm-hmm. bring everything together, to see it all as one. Um, God shows our world, our diverse world. He shaped this world for a purpose. And that purpose is that within the diversity of this world, Oneness should be achieved, and him, the ultimate one, God, should be able to be comfortable within our diverse world, as as known as as the dita betachtonim, the dwelling for God in the lowest world. This world becomes a home for him, as pointed out, actually, in chapter 11, tachtonim is a plural term. Right? that means every person has their own element of it and actually multiple elements of it. and it's about bringing it together.
0: actually, so, how 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 perfect that we're doing this during a, a hakel year of when it's time of gathering.
1: Exactly. So actually, while while <laughs> we're talking about the base is the basics of Hasidus, and as you just connected it to the year of Jewish unity and connection, right of Hakel, which is the biblical time of gathering, I also want to put forth, it's available online, it's available online for purchase, and for download, we have the basics of Hasidus, Hakil, the inside story. Wow. Right, so this this came off the press two weeks ago, and it's a 62-page book, lit, a forthcoming chapter from a book actually volume seven of the series good and that volume seven volume seven of the series. but isn't this book volume one that is book volume one and in honor of hakel we i uh, put aside some of the work on book two and book three that i'm currently engaged in to produce hakel the inside story
0: you just went from one
1: to seven <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me tell you a little bit more about just... <laughs> this for, sec- for, for a moment um, <laughs> Although I do quite a bit of the writing for this um, work, this project is a little bit bigger than myself. Um, It starts with um, Rabbi Nissen David of, of Wimbledon, England, South London, and who's been teaching Hasidus and Kabbalah for decades, authored numerous books. And he had the vision of creating a unified body where you where it can be a reference to anybody. It can be a course of education for whoever's for for anybody. Where you're going to have the wealth and the span of Chassidus all in one, all in English, accessible for all. So that's right. That was his vision and. He got in touch with Sihus in English, which is our publisher. And then they got in touch with me. And then that's how we got rolling. The goal is not just to have a great book about what is Hasidus, that's just book one, but the goal is to also present clearly and in a accessible manner, what Hasidus teaches. So Hasidus has a tremendous wealth of teaching. So let's say, Let's talk about um, Chesidus has tremendous depth into understanding the spiritual, right? Who is God, right? The divine attributes, the, the Kabbalistic, or you could almost call the, the- theological element of Judaism, right? Chesidus offers a whole bunch about that. Chesidus sees a lot of what goes on in the spiritual as the framework and context of our world in our personal lives. So that all that wisdom is gonna be collected in two books, which was currently being worked on, right? In volume two, The Building Blocks of Existence. Volume three, Seder Histausless explains. Seder Heshtalshlus is that chain um, of descent into our world through the spiritual. So that's that. You're gonna to have Torah, Mitzvahs on the Jewish people in volume four. And that is gonna cover a whole wealth of it. What this offers, and then you have the illumination and the light that this offers into Judaism. So the mitzvahs that are performed on a daily basis that's going to be the subject of volume five. What is the expression to uh, to prayer, to, to, right, to daily mitzvahs, to work, to um, it's uh, trust in God, to, to giving charity, the entire range of things that we encounter day to day. What is the light of Chassidus on those topics? Volume six, Shabbos, around the year seven. That's where Hakil fits in. And then we have coming up to life cycle in volume eight, and we have a whole wealth of being prepared currently to give not just a translation of one particular teaching but as you'll notice from picking up the book right it's a interwoven tapestry that really tries to present the 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 rich wealth of civic wisdom and uh, and in a relatable and hopefully approachable manner
0: beautiful. I, I I must say, through reading the parts that I've read so far, for one, I'm excited to finish it. And two, hearing you and talking with you to today, I really enjoy and resonate with the language of which you, yourself, share, um, share Hasidus. Because, you know, like we learn in Hasidus, the words that we use and the way that we scribe things, not only is a reflection of our own, internal world and how we see the world but it has an effect on truly describing things and and for the world and so the way that you're able to put it together is from a point of view, pretty much like from the yichida, like from the identity if this is the who i truly am how do you describe certain things as you know attributes and extension so thank you very much and god willing the you know the rest of the volumes from two to seven should should come out now with uh, or should come out already
1: during the times of Mashiach. Amen, we're uh, we're looking forward so that's you have the uh I'm actually not sure about the about the series continuing as uh, in the arrival of Mashiach I think it will be up to Mashiach to decide how that is meant to be done right um but uh, you know every every project every project has its people because that's you know how god's divine providence presents itself yeah. you know you get involved in doing what you, whatever you're doing you know for me this book all just started with one phone call right you know just in the middle of a regular afternoon so this, you know so the yeah. same thing really applies so we all do our part in bringing mashiach And whatever opportunities are presented to us, those are the ones we go for, right, Mm -hmm. and of course always look out for some new ones, right, and we all try to do our part, and then it all comes together as a cohesive picture, so if there's any rearranging, you know, there's the famous prophecy that in the future, Mm -hmm. we won't be necessarily teaching each other why? Because kulam yedu see, all will know me, says God. Mm. Right. So, in a certain sense, when we're just sharing this knowledge now, we're just getting a little bit of a flavor of what we'll know. So, intuitively yeah. and inherently, when the Mashiach comes, we're all trying to just discover who we are inside, well, it, our it,
0: identities. It, right. It to that's your point. Yeah. No, it gets to the point about the yichida because exactly. when, you, when you internalize that, well, hold on a second. The Yechida is my deepest part of myself. And that is one with God, literally, as we say. Mm-hmm. And God is transcends above time and space, and he knows everything and is everything. So therefore, I too know everything already. So that's the way it's already, I'm remembering.
1: Uh, as I hear you, that, that's definitely an interesting one. I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like when you meet something. When you meet somebody and you just offer, um, you offer some neshama. You talk to the neshama, right? You know, a person, let's say, may be fresh into the mitzvah, and is unfamiliar, and what you're ta- what you're sharing, whatever information you're sharing, is kind of almost like a password being recognized by a device just because it's right, right? It's like. Not necessarily does the person always understand exactly the importance of the mitzvah or its background. They're not necessarily able to be educated in five minutes, but it just rings right. I'm a Jew. It's a Jewish thing to do. This just makes sense. That voice within is really, you know, it's it's picking up the signal that this is really, really intimately familiar. This is me. This is part of me. Right, and that is ultimately what's so beautiful about Judaism, that no matter where you're going to share, um, you're going to share a and mitzvahs with another Jew, you're only just going to be giving them what is already theirs. What is, so you're just uncovering what's already within, and ultimately you're not giving anything new. You're just going through the thought processes, yeah. right? Getting, getting us to all focus on what's really going on, and that is just so beautiful to be part of that picture, right? To just, I mean, what's the best thing to be? To be yourself, right? You know, and and that's what Chiddus is all about, right? Yeah. The mission of Chiddus is for us to truly be who we are. Right? Yeah. and and be at peace with with who we are in a way that we can be super active based on who we are. Because it's not about motivation, it's about identity. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just all ties together. Yeah. It just all ties together. And uh, this time of Hakkel is definitely a very, very beautiful time to focus on this message. So success to you in continuing your podcast your new season and and getting into it and connecting and inspiring listeners and i guess to the listeners you know listening is just the first step right but then once uh, once hopefully this podcast uh, maybe triggered something within resonated within then you become the loudspeaker as well then 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 it's your turn to go ahead and take these messages, take these teachings, right, to the next level, both in personal life, both in sharing it with others, and, and paying it forward, because this is really our, it's, it's the story of all of us together, right, so my connection to the basics of Hasidus is no more than your connection to the basics of Hasidus, so let's share it.
0: Just kind of concluding based on that, and let's say, since Hasidus is really and Chabadis is really getting at tapping into and living from that, you know, who you really are. Like we were talking about, what's some practical tool you might recommend somebody begin learning and practicing, so that they too can really tap into that and live from that? Because it does take work. It's not just a matter of learning. You have to learn it and then apply it and and meditate on it. And really allow it to, to to soak in, so to speak.
1: So, I could give the short answer or the long answer. You know, it's one thing that authors is to typically fall into is saying, read page so and so, right? Go there. So, I'll do that first and say, look at chapter eight of Avaita Hashem, mm-hmm. How to Serve God, as presented by Chsidis, because the first half of the chapter kind of details the regimen of what is the method and system towards successful divine service that this puts forth. Mm-hmm. The second, the second half of the chapter starts with a segment called internalizing um, that's, uh Let me see. Seven, part seven. Right. That's part Cooper,
0: seven Cooper of
1: D5. chapter, right? of the chapter. So internalizing Hasidus, page 255, yes, uh, subchapter. Nice. 10. So we go through learning Hasidus, transformative study, Hasidic meditation, the importance of Hasidic prayer, right, and then lifestyle, upbeat living, when mitzvahs don't keep come easy, attitudes, and so on. So we're looking at a lot more than just have this conversation, have this conversation, have this conversation. There is a system in which there's a lifestyle that works well with internalizing chassidus and appreciating those the answers that chassidus gives on a very personal level. So that's in a certain sense I, I feel like what you're headed with with your question is, how can a person really internalize this? It sounds nice. These are intellectually pleasing ideas, right? But how can we go ahead and internalize it? And of course, basic answer, it's as any part of Judaism to internalize the neshama, to internalize your soul. That is through the study of Torah and observance of mitzvahs. That is Right? those are the methods in which the, the neshama is drawn into practical day-to-day life. It's the way we make our heads think like neshama heads, like is uh, will we make our hands and feet express that pintaliyid That is through teyed mitzvahs. That is the beauty of these teyed and mitzvahs. In particular, I want to refer back to something you mentioned about meditation. And a lot of what common meditation is, and as discussed in the book, a lot of what common meditation is is to um, try to clear or declutterize the uh, the uh, the countertop Mind. of the brain and, and, and kind of shut down most of your regular thoughts because our minds are just so, so busy thinking about everything and anything, right? And tune into a place of calm. Right. And you said that at that point, you were starting to realize that there's something beyond your thoughts. There's an neshama. There's, there is something deeper. Interestingly, what Hasidic, Hasidic meditation is about is actually to fill the mind. fill up the mind with thought, yeah. focused thought, non-distracted thought, but thought. Learn something. Learn something that's intellectually stimulating about these ideas. Connect to the ideas on an intellectual level and then think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. You'll start sensing the Mm neshamah. You'll start connecting on a soul level. So what we need to do to process the soul is to allow it to sink in, right? Both in terms of practice and in terms of study right when to we do a mitzvah try to be present within that mitzvah when we study Taita, don't just study the idea the presentation of the learning but to try to think into the message yeah. and the message on a personal level and that nishana will start coming more to forward it, it, uh, it, it, it will bring it more to the surface
0: yeah no uh amazing i just one thing that, that stuck out, and I'm also reading a little bit, because uh, you know I've studied meditation and you know have and practiced it for many years now. Um, at least the the forms that I've learned, and I can't say that they're all are based in from the Torah, and that's that's ultimately how it's it led me. Thank God here, but sure. it's it's really not, and also in my experience, it's not really about emptying the mind. It's okay. about, it's about, and and this may apply more to actually what Hasidic meditation is, is it's because it's not emptying the mind, which a lot of misconceptions about meditation are, especially if it comes from the East, but it's about observing the thoughts that arise and that way, not choosing to think about, let's say mm-hmm. the mundane thoughts or lots of the different worries and things that come up and so actually when you get to a place of stillness in meditation when you're sitting with your your thoughts and the emotions and the sensations when you get to a place where like you're very present because a lot of the thoughts that arise are either about what you have to do later today or worries of how you're going to make a living etc or something that happened in the past you know all the conversation we have about yeah, sure. trauma and things but when you can actually reach a present moment Reach not a the, the present moment, the
1: present, the present.
0: The brain consolidates lots of information, so that's actually where your mind will have a lot more almost automatically thoughts that are filled with, like, you know, Hasidic and Torah and Judaism. So it's almost like you don't have to intentionally sit and try and focus on, you know, what you learn in Hasidic, but actually, just by not thinking the um the worries and the anxieties and just become present and that way you'll automatically because that gets you to touch into the yechida in a way that naturally or automatically gets you to think and have that focused on what the chassidus and and more of those let's say godly uh topics and thoughts So,
1: so quieting down the street noise as i might call it
0: Mm-hmm. And, is, and you do, and you do right. <laughs> it's
1: exactly in, in in Hasidus is seen as only the preparatory step. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's the preparatory step. Uh, you know, there were Hasidim. You may find this fascinating. There are Hasidim who, before prayer, right before the morning davening, and I'm before just learning. They, I'm learning
0: right? that Gemara now. I just learned it today with your uncle.
1: Okay, and before the uh, and before the you know the morning uh, uh, even Hasidic meditation, they would say the entire tehillim.
0: Okay, maybe I'm I'm thinking of the Gemara and brachas when they were no
1: it's, right. They would say the entire tehillim. There, there were some Hasidim, right? it's unique hmm. individuals, but they would say the entire tehillim before prayer. Why? I, I wouldn't call it a common practice. It was. Right? Some. Why? Tehillim has the power to calm, settle, and cleanse the mind. Interesting. Very interesting. Right? is is well-received in a calm and settled present vessel. Right? So, to in as a preparation for their meditation into a Hasidic idea, connecting to the to divinity, putting a divine idea, putting something of godliness in their brain and digesting it intellectually. They would first try to clean and settle their mind by some tehillim. Right. So what I now what you're describing is in a certain sense it's a process to similarly you know quiet down thoughts put things away right listen to the uh, you know the tones of of silence it's to you know be able to present moment yeah. you, know, it's, it's, you know to be able to appreciate the present moment and then what? What are you going to invite into your consciousness once you have achieved a state of presence?
0: That's what in I'm that, saying. Actually, in that moment, it's not about when when in really in the truly present moment, if you have to if somebody has to then intentionally bring up something they're not really present. That's what I'm saying. When you're really present, that stuff naturally arises.
1: <coughs> so this is interesting. You're bringing up a very interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> There's two general approaches to Okay? There's two general, uh, 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 general approaches. And uh, I don't, there are two modalities in how to experience neshama. You can see the neshama as somewhat of an override switch, which you shut off mm. the rel- the day to day middle of, in the moment uh, busyness of the mind, and you and you tune into Nishama, right? So Nishama kind of you you're either in consciousness of the mess of things, or you tune into the Neshama frequency and you kind of silence the other sounds that are going on. Right, that is one element of this. And while that is tremendously effective and tremendously beautiful, what it leaves the person with is a little bit of a rift between the routine and their meditative state, their neshama state, their place of calm. Siddhaschabad has a very, very unique approach to the, to the hecticness and lack of and uncalm um, <sighs> the complexities of human personality, the human psyche. Chassidus says, Chassidus Chabad says that the neshama, the soul, and the depths of the soul can be welcomed into the psyche itself. Into that unsettled place of being everywhere and reprogram it. Refocus it. You don't need to override the routine with Chassidus. But actually, chassidus can become embedded into your day-to-day. Chassidus therefore has become, chassidus Chabad in particular, has become known as a very active Jewish organization. It's the fastest growing Jewish organization with lots of activity. Activity and meditation, you would say, don't really fit necessarily most naturally. Right And you would say, "Oh, well, that's maybe the ebb and the flow. it's it's, it's the give and the take, it's the back and the forth. But Si Chabad has an interesting way of actually embracing and using these two that within the within the psyche, within the process, you know the 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 thought processes of they can be repainted. With the colors of chidus, they can be gifted that vibrancy that chidus has to offer, and we can notice within the very, very routine and mundane, right, what that's really all about. So chidus has, in a certain sense, the ability to be on with all the with all the noise, and that is ultimately a step beyond typical um, typical spiritual experience. I'll say right it's 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 an interesting one it's right it's nuanced it's a big idea right it's it happens to be woven through the book a little bit of explaining the unique features of Is is that in that chapter because i'm
0: I'm, i am i i want to i wish we kind of dove into this a little bit earlier oh (laughs) that sounds that's so fascinating because i i I think i really want to i don't
1: it's i want to explore and understand a little bit more of what you're saying yeah okay so it starts developing in chapter four which goes into what is called in comparison to the other groups of siddhas, and then it picks up steam in the end of chapter six Mm -hmm. right and then it's very much present, the Chabad perspective is very much present in the in the chapter following, in chapter 7, in chapter 8, in chapter 9. It's, I mean, it, I, I can literally name each and every chapter as relevant data, because from then on, after chapter 6, it is really displayed in each yeah. of them, where you'll find this... Um, so where, where you'll find this effect i'll just read one um line if that have a look at um page 166 is the yachida absorbed so we're not looking at yachida as the abstract right um soul but also we're looking at it as being absorbed and integrated within the human psyche
0: it's just fascinating oh oh one thing that I'm, I'm thinking of that that's coming up is like you're let's say somebody like I have a practice of meditation before I go out into Jesus like when I'm at yeshiva I, I meditate early in the morning in the quiet before Hasidis. and then also in a little we have like some time after Jesus before davening and that's what okay. a little bit shorter but more focused on what learned in Jesus. Okay. But, but in I'm sure there's milas, there's advantages to both, and they're both complementary. but sound, because, like you were mentioning that story of somebody like le, le, the Hasidim who would read Tehillim or somebody reading um, just a mime, some kind of discourse before davening, but you, the advantage of meditating in the quiet is that you're, you're taking, you, you, you have less distractions. and doesn't mean that distractions are negative, and that definitely we should be able to bring that meditation throughout the whole day, regardless of the environment, but to go straight into that kind of noise and everything is maybe demanding or just even like you're, there's so many distractions because you're, you're, you still have your eyes open per se. Like if you go out and if one of the first things and you go learn chasidus and before uh, davening, your eyes you know, sure, they're on the page, but there's different sounds and everything going on. So there's a lot more external information, uh, sense, uh, external sense uh, information coming into the, the mind, as opposed to in the quiet you have, you know, there's no sound and your eyes are closed. So there's more attention that you can place internally on, let's say, what the chassid that you're learning or whatever
1: the focus is okay so i i think to, to a certain extent the exact physical setting is dependent person to person mm-hmm. but in in just in a general perspective just in a general perspective one can see their mind and heart right coming up with all these feelings and right and thoughts and so on and so forth as to be their distraction that they need to face out of or we can look at the heart and the mind as the instruments of the yihida to reveal this divine truth within the tangible within the within me right that i know of yes. so if i'm looking to find my truest voice what is that truest voice is that the most abstract element or is the the most real life element? Mm. and let's say um, ju- just to put ju- just to put it into practicality, oftentimes a person who can um, connect very well to, to the spiritual in a state of meditation will struggle to practice appropriately when caught off guard in a you know um, social interaction that necess- doesn't necessarily go their way, or you know they're meant to feel uncomfortable by somebody else, and they'll and they'll kind of lose it. Right. And the reason why they lost it, even though perhaps they meditated just that morning on uh, Vat Yisrael and Jewish unity and togetherness and just being all, all cohesively one right, on a global level. And the reason why they lost it is because in that moment, they didn't have the dim lights. In that moment, they didn't have the quiet. In the moment, they didn't have those yeah. ideals. They had the practical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to bring, you have to be able to bring that meditation. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you again very much for, for sharing your time and this book and all your wisdom that you've been sharing with me and especially your presence. Uh, I, I've, I've really appreciated our interactions in person and now being able to record this and share it. Uh, Thank you very much again. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person.
1: soon. All right. A pleasure. And uh, yes, much as luck in this new season. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you.
0: All the best. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.